Hello, and welcome to episode 49 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Today's episode was inspired by a workshop I was asked to lead on virtual meetings. Now, whether your team sits side-by-side every day or you've never actually met in person, we all participate in virtual meetings at some point. And for those of us with steady remote team members, you may, like me, find yourself spending a lot of time on the phone or video calls, wondering how to make them more enjoyable, more productive, more social, or just more like in-person meetings, not that those are always so great. But virtual meetings are way more complicated than in-person meetings. But there are a few things you can do to elevate their effectiveness and bring some positive energy into those virtual meetings. So let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. I think it's safe to say that virtual meetings are laden with problems. To start off with, if you don't have technology issues, it's like a miracle. Where's the call-in info? I clicked the link, but it says I'm waiting for the host, yet now I'm getting a text message saying everyone's waiting for me. There's that strange echo or that high-pitched screech that sometimes happens when there are too many mics. One person can't figure out how to turn on their video, or someone else can't figure out how to put themselves on mute. There are dozens of things that can go wrong when we rely on technology to connect us. But then, once you're connected, there are other challenges. First, Virtual meetings often just feel less important than in-person meetings. Because we can call in by phone and we don't need to be physically tied down, we take virtual meetings while commuting or sitting in a noisy coffee shop. We carry the phone around while we make a cup of coffee at home. And to be fair, I am guilty of this too. But what this is really saying is that we don't need to pay as much attention or respect the other participants in the same way as when we're all sitting down together. Because we can't see each other very well or at all, it's easy to hide, whether it's hiding the fact that you're not paying attention and instead doing other work, or hiding the fact that you're not well-prepared and therefore don't have much to contribute, or even hiding from having to speak because you disagree with what's been said. It's really hard to read body language and energy, even with video turned on. And when it's so easy to hide, it opens the door for even more distractions. Sure, people use their devices while in in in-person meetings, but it's definitely not the norm, at least not in meetings I've been to. And I've seen people be called out for it, and I have done the calling out sometimes. But when you're meeting virtually, it can feel as if your email is almost begging you to open it, or your phone is just dying for you to unlock it. It is so easy to do other work at the same time, and rarely will anyone even notice. There are so many distractions, and without that social pressure to stay focused, many of us will lose concentration at some point. Another reason the door is open for distractions is that it's harder to contribute to conversations when we can't see each other or use traditional tools like whiteboards and sticky notes. It's hard to feel the flow of conversation and then jump in. People talk over each other, and it's worse when part of the group is meeting in person and then you have a few people who've called in. Those people on the phone rarely contribute, and the people in the room often forget they're even there. You can share screens, but Beyond that, few teams are using technology to make their meetings a collaborative experience. And lastly, while in-person meetings somehow feel relational or social, virtual meetings often feel distant. The initial chit-chat isn't the same, and it doesn't feel like we're really investing in relationships when we're talking on the phone. 
But on the other hand, if your team is 100% virtual, you may find the team using meetings to compensate for the lack of opportunities to connect in your daily work, meaning meetings are the only time people can actually casually talk. So now they have an added layer of providing that human contact in addition to getting the work done. And for fully virtual teams, you may also find that a lot of information gets shared in meetings that would have otherwise been shared differently if you were all co-located. When we don't have small, quick chats in person or see each other walking down the hall, information or small decisions either don't get shared with the team at all or they get saved up for this big meeting. All of these reasons and more make virtual meetings a really big pain, but we have to have them. So it's worth investing in designing your virtual meeting practices to make them productive and enjoyable. So let's look at four ways to do just that. First, approach your virtual meetings the same way that you approach your in-person meetings. While I just spent the last few minutes explaining how virtual meetings are different from in-person meetings, the core of the meeting is actually the same. You need to know what the meeting will accomplish, its desired outcome, how you'll spend the time during the meeting, the agenda, and who needs to be there. Just because a phone call seems more informal doesn't mean you can get away with less planning. If anything, virtual meetings require more planning and attention. And when you treat them with the same thoughtfulness and intention as you treat in-person meetings, other people will likely take them more seriously too. And by the way, if you are not writing a desired outcome or planning an agenda for your in-person meetings, you should be. Check out episode 33, Do You Really Need That Meeting? for how to prepare for a successful meeting, virtual or in-person. Now, number two is to be explicit about your virtual meeting practices. Because we can't see each other and there are so many potential problems with distractions and technology, it is really helpful to agree upon your virtual meeting practices as a team. This way, everyone is clear about the expectations and you'll minimize room for confusion. I think about meeting practices in three categories, process, technology, and participation. So for process, what is it we can do to simplify or streamline how we're gathering virtually? Here are a couple example norms or agreements, things like, Always include the meeting link and any materials in the calendar invite. Do not send them separately by email. If you have trouble connecting, contact blank, which is the person on the team who is always going to be on point for any kind of technology troubles. If Zoom isn't working, the meeting leader will call everyone on Skype. We start the conversation promptly three minutes after the meeting start time. If the meeting leader is running late, he or she will message the group on Slack. We avoid partial in-person and virtual participation. We opt for fully virtual whenever possible. So those were some process norms. Now let's talk about technology. What are the technologies and tools we use and how will we use them? For example, we use Zoom for all virtual meetings and Skype is our backup. We use Zoom breakouts for small group conversations. We send any collaborative materials as Google Docs. We use Trello boards for brainstorming and we post all meeting notes in the appropriate Slack channel. And third up is participation. How will we each behave? For example, we will always turn on our video. We will treat virtual meetings as if they were in person. Be in a quiet space, be focused, send the agenda ahead of time, etc. We will each take responsibility for minimizing our own distractions. We will be proactive about jumping in. We will always wear headsets. We will use the chat box to drop ideas, questions, or signal that you want to talk. If you must be in a noisy place, go on mute while not talking and complete all pre-work so we can spend more time in discussion and less time presenting. Of course, just because you've established these processes and practices doesn't mean everyone is suddenly going to follow them and your virtual meetings will be amazing, but it does give you a shared starting point. 
As the meeting leader, you can then encourage people to uphold these agreements and celebrate when they do, and you then have a great meeting. This is what happened when I was on a Zoom call a few weeks ago. At the end, one of the participants said it was the best virtual meeting he's ever had. So we took a minute and did a little mini review of what made it so successful. A few of the things that came up were things I've already talked about. The call-in information was on the calendar invite, so we didn't have anyone emailing, where's the info, and we were able to start on time. We had pretty balanced participation, which was easier to keep track of because it was only six people and everyone was on video. We had a solid agenda and a desired outcome to work towards, and everyone had read the materials prior to the meeting. So I think you get the picture. So moving on, number three is to use the right technology. This is probably the most basic, but also the most transformative to a successful virtual meeting. The right tech is the difference between a phone call with disembodied voices and a rich collaborative experience. I've already talked about the importance of video over audio, but I'll say it again. We take video meetings so much more seriously and they almost force us to be more focused compared to just phone meetings. Video is exponentially better. It requires you to sit in one place, to look at a screen, and you can at least start to tell when someone is totally losing attention, so you might be able to intervene and bring them back in. And seriously, can we get past the whole, I'm not looking my best thing, and just treat these meetings with video as if they were in-person meetings? Be dressed, put on your makeup, brush your hair, whatever you need to do so that you can look presentable, because these are meetings with other human beings, and we should treat them as such. The other obvious is screen sharing. If you're looking at materials, present them on a screen share so everyone can follow along. But a good virtual meeting goes beyond just video and screen sharing. They use other features creatively to support engagement. For example, using the chat box. I like to type the agenda into the chat box so everyone can see it the entire meeting. I'll also put a list of participants there, so if we want to go round robin, we can just follow the order and people know when their turn is. You can also ask people to put questions or comments into the chat box to signal when they want to jump in or just to capture a thought that they don't want to lose. You've probably figured out by this point that Zoom is my go-to of choice, which is in part because it has some pretty awesome features, one of which is the breakout rooms. You can assign people to small groups and then during your meeting, send people into separate conversations for a designated amount of time and then bring everyone back together. If you have not tried this yet, it is a game changer for large meetings. I have used it to send people into pairs or groups of three or four to discuss a specific question, and then we all come back together and each group reports back to the full group, just like you would do in an in-person meeting. Now, beyond Zoom, my favorite two tools are Trello and Google Docs. With both, you get real-time collaboration where everyone can contribute and all participants can see what's been added by each other. A Google Doc is really best for when you have existing material that you're collaborating on. So for example, when I do values work with the team, I share the Google Doc with value statements that I've crafted for them prior to the meeting. They go in as pre-work and add comments and edits using the commenting mode or what Word calls track changes. Then during the meeting, we work through the document together and everyone can continue to add or edit as we go. It's also great if you want anonymous input, if you're worried that people won't be honest. When you send the link, you can send it so that anyone can join and then when they go onto the document, they show up as some strange animal, like an anonymous hedgehog, which is also just kind of fun. Trello, I find, is best for generating new content. Unfortunately, unlike Google Documents, in which you can set it to allow anyone to participate, Trello requires everyone to have an account and be logged in. 
Now, it's not really a problem if you're a team who is committed to using Trello for your meeting brainstorms, but it's less ideal if you're collaborating with external people like a committee of volunteers or with outside clients or vendors or consultants who may not want to sign up for another app. But if you can get everyone in, it's awesome. Basically, Trello is like a virtual sticky note board. Sticky notes and cloud clustering is one of my favorite facilitation methods for in-person meetings, and it is extremely hard to replicate for virtual teams, but not with Trello. You can set up lists ahead of time with questions you want the group to respond to, and then participants can either create cards by typing one idea per card or by writing on sticky notes and then taking a picture, which can then be uploaded one sticky note per card. Then once the brainstorming is done, you can vote by having people add themselves as a member to the card they select, or you can organize the cards by cloud clustering and dragging and dropping them into new lists. You can also create labels and organize them that way. For example, green labels mean ideas related to customer service and blue labels are for new product ideas. Trello has tons of other functionality too, like filters and stickers and all kinds of things that you can explore to figure out how to make your brainstorming sessions even more productive. Using breakout rooms and Google Docs and Trello boards make the meeting collaborative and interactive in ways that more closely simulate an in-person meeting while also getting more thinking onto the table. These are game changers for virtual meetings. All right, the last thing to do to make your virtual meetings more productive and engaging is to connect better outside of your meetings. It's much easier to have good virtual conversations with someone you feel connected to on a human level than with someone who feels distant from you. And you don't want your meetings to be doing double duty of trying to build those connections and relationships while also trying to get the work done. I mean, they'll automatically do that just because when you work with someone, you build trust and respect, usually. But virtual meetings aren't well suited to really trying to do that well. So take the pressure off of the relationship side and focus on the work in the meeting and use other ways to build or reinforce relationships. My personal favorite is Slack. Of all the chat and messaging apps, it really has the best interface and functionality. And although I'm about to tell you all the things I love about Slack, if people on your team are already using WhatsApp, then go with that. Or if you're a Microsoft company, go ahead and use Teams if it'll save you a major headache within the IT department. I personally don't like those tools, but number one, that's just me. And number two, it is much easier to use things that people are already using than to try to get them to use a new tech. So choose your battles. Now, a few things that I love about Slack, which you can mostly replicate in other apps, are the ability to make channels or topics of conversation. In addition to work topics, make ones that are just for fun. A few that we've used or that I've seen other teams do are vacations for sharing vacation stories and pictures, cool stuff for random interesting articles or videos, kids or pets for pictures and stories of people's kids and pets. Amazingly, not everybody wants to know about your kids or your pet, but for those of us who want to share that or want to see and hear about other people's kids and pets, it's nice to have a place to go. Another topic is what I learned for podcasts, articles, books, and the key takeaways. And lastly, for sports, which is mostly for lamenting or bragging about the sports games and sports news, which by the way, you will never see me writing about. Basically, you're giving people an opportunity to replicate that water cooler talk via a chat app. Even if you don't create any work channels and you are just using Slack or another app to stay connected, that is worthwhile. Just encourage everyone to open the app every morning the same way they would open their email or set it as part of your home pages on your browser so it auto-opens, or auto-launches from your desktop. 
You may have to role model in the beginning to get people talking, but I promise you, once you get enough content in there and people start using it regularly, it will become so much fun and a go-to place for conversation. So that's it. Prepare for virtual meetings and treat them like in-person meetings. Be clear about your virtual meeting practices and expectations for participants. Use technology to support engagement and connect better outside of your meetings. The mini guide for today's episode is the list of technology tools that I recommend and the practices I suggest you consider for your processes, technology, and participation. You can use them as a starting point for a conversation with your team to determine what's going to work for you. The full guide also contains detailed instructions for using Trello to engage participants in your virtual meetings, along with various facilitation activities that I love to do with teams I'm coaching. The free mini guide is available at mamieks.com slash miniguides. To get the full guide to today's episode, join the Modern Manager community on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash modernmanager. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash modernmanager. And for $20 a month, you get the episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement the learnings from each episode. And when you join, you also get access to all of the previous guides and bonuses. And there are some awesome, awesome stuff in there. You guys, seriously, you're missing out. So head on over. The links are in the show notes and they're in your inbox along with the free mini guide if you subscribe to my newsletter, which is at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.